The world of story has captivated humanity since the dawn of time. The oldest known form of communication, verbal storytelling is responsible for the continuity and development of civilization from its most primitive moments to its most advanced. Story involves a sense of mystical wonder, but is also a powerful medium for communicating real and concrete ideas that shape people's lives and make them take action. Steve Schramm, marketer, nonfiction writer, and story nerd, and Alex Jagir, fiction writer, wannabe game designer, and story nerd, join forces as worlds collide to discuss how story is the most powerful concept ever known and how it interacts with each and every aspect of our lives, from the most magical to the most mundane. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome into another episode of the Story World Podcast. Steve Schramm here, my boy Al. What's up, Al? Hey, uh, enjoying the week, enjoying the night. It feels like it's been a while since we've done this, Steve. Yeah, it has been. It feels that way because it has. It has been. <laughs> because it indeed has. If it, if it, uh, Alex, uh, if it's been, if we even miss a week, it's too much time away from you. I start so. going through as bad as withdrawals as I do if I don't have meat after a period of time. Usually um, half a day. <laughs> my wife, the, the withdrawals my wife are similar. Was, my wife was eavesdropping on our conversation and said, uh, lunch with Alex won't work because we have to pick up the kids at 12. Uh, no. <laughs> Wait, just, just ask her to say it takes two parents to pick up the kids? Yeah, well, when you have one car, it does. Oh, yeah. So, eh, it's about priorities. Um, but Yeah. Okay. She said we could go a little earlier or a little later. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it um, out. We'll get yeah. the meat somehow. Yeah, fun stuff. So... Um, yeah. So anyway, talking about, um, structural tension in marketing and business. So we started this, um, podcast, uh, a, like a couple weeks ago, listener time, uh, probably a month and a half or so ago, um, in our time, um, we started talking about this concept and we started a little mini series that we wanted to do on it. And, um, Basically, it, it comes down to the concept of uh, conflict. That's really the the one big word that I wanted to sort of um, hint on and talk about a little bit here. I think next week we're going to talk about it in relation to actual storytelling and fiction writing. So if you're into that stuff, um, that's coming up. But this week we want to talk about it a little bit in terms of marketing and business and how it sort of works out for me um, and the stuff that I'm into. So. Anything you want to say about it? Uh, two things. I just realized that we recorded an episode before this one in between part one. Yes. I think inadvertently kind of created a little bit of structural tension there um, ourselves. Just uh, dragging people Ooh. on and uh, creating a little do, bit do, 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 do. <laughs> um, Yeah. Am I in the Twilight Zone? What? Well, I think every day it, for you is the Twilight Zone. So <laughs> so, well, that's true. <laughs> yes. Um, the only thing that, uh, I don't have as much to contribute as this is being, uh, Steve's kind of realm of expertise, if that's what you can call it. Um, but I do kind of, the, the one thing, I guess I'll just kind of shoot off what I have and you can kind of run with it and then give your thoughts. Sure. I don't have a lot. So the, the thing that I thought of is creating structural tension with marketing and businessing, um, is kind of related to continually having people um be excited about about what's coming um and so yeah th the first point that i have is um announce that you have an announcement and that sounds dumb but you see that a lot and it works a lot um i'm thinking i mostly i'm thinking about um 
like video games, especially video game companies, when they do it right, they'll say, hey, like, you know, next Wednesday, 10 o'clock Eastern time, you know, we're, we're going to announce something. And so rather than just kind of <laughs> announcing it, they're saying they have it. And so that just kind of, um, I think that's a great way to create, if you, if you want to call it some, some tension. I would, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say it's conflict. It isn't conflict, but it creates um, some structure there. And, it, you know, it kind of pulls out your heartstrings, especially if you're like a fan of something that you think might be coming out. Yeah. And it's just a really good way to kind of grip people in and make them um, think for a week or so. And then the other point that I have is um, kind of staying consistent with things like that. So um, let's say if people, um, even though they haven't been receiving it, let's say people expect a uh, Story World podcast every single week. <laughs> and uh, so every weekly it comes out. Um, I, I know that for me, certain podcasts that I follow, if it's a weekly thing or, you know, they do it a couple of times a week after two or three days, um, immediately in my mind, I'll say, oh, you know, they're, you know, they're supposed to be coming out with one soon. You know, I'm, I'm excited about, let's yep. see who like the guest is or whatever. And I'll go on my, you know, YouTube channel and, and, you know, see, see if they posted anything new. So, um, keep putting it in someone's mind that you're consistently updating, consistently coming out with things or reminding your customers or consumers of things, I think creates, um, again, like a positive tension. I'm kind of looking at it from a positive light, um, where they're kind of yeah. always, you know, they're always on the tightrope and, you know, just kind of, you know, wondering what's going to happen next. So those are kind of the two thoughts that I had. That's perfect. No, I mean, when it comes to business, nobody like, you know, Negative. The only negative in marketing is the negative that you can turn it into a positive. <laughs> so, uh, um, yes. Or you know what I mean, like or, or the or the you know highlighting problems so that you can offer a solution, right? Yeah. Um, I'm actually really glad that you brought up those two things because they are just stunning practical mm -hmm. examples of um, what I'm, you know, the direction that I'm headed with this at the philosophical level. Um, it makes a lot of sense. Like the idea that you talked about, about announcing that you have an announcement, this is probably one of the, so two things. Number one, it's probably one of the biggest mistakes that most people think about marketing. Number two, just personally, it's actually something that I'm like tremendously bad at historically. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, I, in fact, I would go so far as to say that it is the, it is the biggest piece probably of the marketing picture that does not come naturally uh, to me. And that think I think it's just because you forget about it. Like I can see how that's just something where you just don't even think of, like I'll see on YouTube oh. channels. Um, I think it's specifically of Sean McDowell just because he, he does this frequently is he'll post a, yeah. you know, a, um, a thumbnail or whatever and say, Hey, like, you know, dropping this Friday Eastern time, here's the discussion. Yeah. And like, I'll save it because it's something I want to mm -hmm. watch later. And um, so just having that, that I can just see how it'd be easy to, okay, I'm making the content for this. It's going to go live this day. And it could just go right over your head trying to even, you know, get people excited about it before yeah. it's out. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is. And, and again, this is the kind of thing that like, it's, well, what, what it is that, that what you'd really call this is, is um, building a campaign, right? This is a campaign, right? This is, okay, I have something coming out in three months. And so working backwards from that three months, what things do I need to do and where do I need to do them in order for this thing to make a splash? A really good example is books, right? So I've written 
four books now. I'm distinctly proud of the last one, but nobody, virtually nobody knows I wrote it. I never promote it. I never like dropped little tiddly bits on the interwebs, you know, it, until it came out. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I've sent one email and one announcement about the thing. And I've already started writing the next book, Devotional Productivity, which I'm not doing, you know, I'm not devoting a lot of time to. It's just as I have time, I'm thinking yeah. about it and and writing a few words. If you were down. productive, you would schedule if, Well, ex- exactly. And I've, you know, I've, <laughs> I've got I've got a deadline in for that now. I'd like to yes. be done with that by the end of June, although I'm not positive that that's going to happen. Um, but here's the thing, right? Like even getting it out by by the end of June, in one sense, it's like, Okay, well, I don't. Number one, I don't plan to get it out by the end of June. I, w- I want to have the manuscript finished by the end of June, right? Those are two different things. But to be honest, I really think that, especially this one, could. I think they're getting a little bit better every time. We talked about that yeah, a little bit. Hopefully, and uh, you know, ideally, I- ideally, it would be like because a book is a lot of work. Like it would be super yeah. awesome if some people would read this one. Uh, <laughs> so, so I have you know been thinking about okay, well, what. What can I do? And so one thing I'm doing differently this time um, is I am writing this book in public. So I am writing uh, the book as my um, biweekly blog posts that I do for my ministry, which is at uh, biblenerdsociety.substack.com. And so basically I'm, I'm using this, I'm using that as an excuse to write this book in public to kind of get uh, feedback as I go along and thoughts for people because that's that's the biggest like you know audience that I can directly get to aside from my personal Facebook page um, uh, where I can directly send this stuff to them and and people read it um, and so I don't know We're, we'll see how that goes my my thinking there is or at least my hope is that that'll help generate enough buzz to where um, you know it'll it'll when the actual book launches I'll at least have a little bit of a base of people built up who. Yeah might would want to go actually buy the book or tell their friends about it or whatever. So I'm already thinking about that a little bit, but I do, I need to think about how to build that excitement, how to build that structural tension um, of, okay, here's this problem that I have identified in people's lives. Namely Christians need to be more productive, right? And they need to be productive the way that God says productivity should work, right? That's kind of the problem. And so there's, there's sort of this this bridge that, and I think a bridge is kind of apropos, right? Because the idea of like tension kind of goes with a bridge too. Yeah. There's sort of this bridge that needs to be built between where they are and where I want to take them. Um, but, you know, most of marketing is getting them excited enough about what the possibilities are on the other side of the bridge to make the journey across. And um, I, I got a question for you. That's okay. Yeah, please. So um, I... So when you say the structural tensions, how how quickly, I guess, do you want to um, at least um, partially resolve that kind of conflict? And is the conflict mostly to kind of bring them in for like specifically talking about the book, like the first chapter or two relating to something that is nonfiction? Or is this something that you mm-hmm. want to spread out for the duration of the book? And then finally, when they get to chapter 12, the last chapter or whatever, they're like, oh, wow, like, OK, like, I feel good about it. You know, I read all this and, you know, the conflict yeah. that was within me is gone. <laughs> As far as inside of a book, um, I hadn't really thought about this that much. 
I do know that the there's one book in particular that I read. Um, it was The Obesity Code by Jason Fung, where like I felt like the stringing along was too much. Mm. Um, you know, as far as inside of a nonfiction book, I kind of see like um a lot of times you'll have the philosophical setup at the beginning and then it gets to the practical stuff at the end. That formula has worked for years and years and hundreds and hundreds of books. So I don't see why, why break it if it's your, you know, I mean, why fix it if it, if it's not broke kind of thing. Um, I think that's kind of the way, like, like what I, the way I'm doing it in this book, um, or at least the way I plan to do it is I've got three parts. The first part is basically um, what the Bible says about productivity. Um, the second part is uh, some principles that can be, um, I call them pillars, the five pillars of the uh, uh, of uh, the devotional productivity worldview. And so it's like what the Bible says, and then it's like principles based on what the Bible says, and then it's practical application based on the principles. And so that's sort of how I'm planning to do it for that, um, gotcha. which I think will garner some tension along the way when it comes to like a campaign to get somebody interested in whatever the thing is that's where really the marketing and, and the conflict and the tension goes there and, and a lot of the, the way that you do that is the same way that fiction authors do which is why there's such an interesting sort of you know tie-in here um a lot of times what fiction authors will do is like you know you'll get you'll you'll the protagonist will sort of start to make some progress and then they hit a wall and then they'll start to make a little bit more progress and then they'll hit another wall and yeah. then they make some progress and then they hit a wall. And it's like, it's kind of like how classical music, I think I referenced this analogy in the other one, but it's, I think appropriate to bring it up again. It's kind of like how classical music, like there's this huge, amazing resolution at the end. And every, everything in between after some big, huge crescendo and climax in the music, it comes back down and it never fully resolves until that last final note. And that's yeah. when the tension is released and everything is good, you know? Um, and so that idea of, I, I, I wrote down the word redirection because that's what I mean by that. Like there is sort of that idea of you want to, you got to keep them engaged. You got to keep them interested. Um, you know, PT Barnum, I don't know if you've ever followed his stuff much. Um, but, um, you know, the guy, for those of you who don't know, which you probably do if you're listening to this podcast, but The Greatest Show, uh, The Greatest Showman, P.T. Barnum, Barnum and Bailey Circus, um, he was a fantastic marketer, one of those legendary old dead guys that marketers talk about. And, I mean, he would just do the craziest stuff um, to do these kind of campaigns. Like, he would promote stuff way ahead of time. He, he, he like, he leaked his own the story of like his own death or something and it was totally fake but like he did it right. for a marketing ploy just absolutely crazy town but he understood it right he understood that it's not just the thing it's the marketing of the thing it's getting people interested in the thing mm -hmm. um and i think to answer this is a very long answer to your question no but to no, answer your good. question as to why i'm so i think i think why i'm so bad bad at it is that i'm such a ready fire aim personality like yeah. I want, I want to get the thing, I want to get the thing out there and then iterate. Like I want to get version one out as soon as I possibly can and then have people just use version one and tell me what's broken with version one so yeah. that I can put out version two because I'm just so allergic to this idea of stuff never getting done. 
But I do think there's a middle ground where um, you can have plans for a solid version one, but you can push it out a month or two or three from now and plan a strategic campaign to get people interested in what you're doing. And I'm really going to try to make an intentional effort to do more of that with things that we launch in the future. So awesome. No, that's good. Yeah. Good long answer, but good answer, Steve. Oh, well, thank you. I thank you. I, you know, and I think, I guess the, the toughest part of that is really to keep the excitement going the yeah. whole time. And uh, again, all of that just kind of comes back down into conflict. Um, whenever you can introduce two things in conflict, tension is created because humans can't deal with that. <laughs> humans <laughs> need to have conflict resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually thinking about this. I wrote this down as something that me and you needed to talk about in a, on a different episode because it needs an episode of its own. Okay. But I was talking about how, or I was thinking about how conflict is like in your life, in your personal life, when you're experiencing conflict, it's the worst. Everybody mm-hmm. hates it. Nobody wants conflict in their regular life. But when you're reading, when you're looking at somebody else or you're, and you're, somebody's telling you a story, we're obsessed with it. We're not interested enough in it if there's no conflict. And so it's sort of this really weird tension of being a human where we're obsessed with conflict, but it's also like the worst thing when you're experiencing it. So I don't, I, I've thought before, and I'm sure there's examples out there, but of like a book that's just, um, I would say maybe a good book that there's no conflict or tension or anything in it. I'm sure that there are books out there like that, but I've never maybe. heard of a good one. Well, there's probably like, a reason why you've never heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just to, just to make it interesting. Uh, I guess kind of not really specifically related to this, but I just kind of popped in my head. One of the oddest books that I've I've heard of, um, I forget the name of it and I forget how long it is. It's a pretty substantial book. I forget the word count, but it's like 250 pages or something. And the author specifically wrote it to prove that you could write a book without using the letter E, which is the most common used letter in the English alphabet. Yeah. And he did it, wrote like 250 page book and without using the letter E, which is crazy. I think, unless I'm thinking of something totally different, which is possible. I think Tiffany has told me about this before. Like she knew about this and, and, um, I've read excerpts from it. I don't know how good the book is. I've only read a little bit, but like, it has a pretty natural flow to it. It doesn't seem odd, at least the portions that, that I read. But anyway, there's a little tension there in and of itself, whereas the reader, you're kind of reading the whole thing. You know that there's not going to be a knee or else you wouldn't have done it, but you're still kind of, you know, looking to see what words he used in place of others and how he structured his sentences. It's pretty neat. So, so I, 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 because we have the interwebs, um, I found it. Uh, I don't think it's anything that she's told me about, so I must be thinking about something different, but the book is called Gadsby. Gadsby? It's a 50,000-word novel without the letter E, Um, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. That is. Anyway, a little sidetrack there. Yeah. But anyway. That's exciting. That's exciting. Cool, man. Um, So that's it. So without any further conflict or tension to do, stories of the week. We got through that one pretty quick for us. I, that was yeah, that I was pretty good. Yeah, stay right on target. Yeah, story of the week. Uh, I'll go ahead so we can. So, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead. Then you can finish up. 
So I, sure. I always, I like to do two because I, I mine are usually pretty quick. First one, um, one of my favorite bands, Periphery, on their medical band. They just came out with their new album called Gent is Not a Genre. Um, and they're known for making like very um, like long, um, complicated songs. And so this album has 70 minutes on it, but only nine songs. So Whoa. each song averages like eight, eight minutes. Goodness, um, that's worse uh, than praise and worship. Goodness. <laughs> so uh, um, it's just, it's really cool, the stuff that they put together. Um, so if anyone's interested in that, go ahead and check it out. Um, and then last night, um, again, just another odd recommendation, but uh, I've always, actually, it, it's a little serious because I, I like the story of it. Um, my wife and I are really into the Scream movies, that series. And I never really liked horror too much, but then must have been it was a long time ago now, maybe like six or seven years ago, we finally decided to watch Scream together and I loved it. And so we then we watched the other ones and the newest one came out last night and went to go see it. And so I guess if you never if you never watched horror movies before, if you don't like horror, it's kind of like a niche thing. But uh, what I like about the Scream movies is that they they tend to come up with some pretty cool um elaborate stories that are behind it and they always end in really cool ways and if you're kind of hesitant about the violence in it it's like purposely over the top it's not meant to be like a uh you know like a very unsettling thing it's supposed to be over the top and unrealistic and so it kind of makes it a little fun but anyway so a couple recommendations wow. here <laughs> man yeah that's cool awesome um I don't like horror movies. My yeah. philosophy is if I'm going to pee my pants, I would rather laugh. That's it. It's that simple. I don't want to be scared. Um, anyway, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't get it. I don't get what people like to be scared. That just I cannot relate. That makes no sense. Um, so anyway. Um my story like like okay, my story of the week is okay. I rewatched ah, the yes. Fellowship of the Ring. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we have watched that together. And I, I got kind of got the hankering to uh, watch it. And also uh, because I also have just finished, well, not just, I, in the last few months, finished the second Lord of the Rings yeah. book and have yet to watch the movie. And so I kind of wanted to do that. But before I did that, I wanted to go back and watch the first one to get a good refresher. Uh, so I did. And then maybe tomorrow I might watch the uh, second one. And it was just great. Man, it just reminded me of just how good of a of a story it is. And just... um. You know, it's like iconic, like yeah. crazy. It's crazy iconic. I, one of those things where it's like, I don't know how I waited, you know, to 22 years or whatever to watch yeah, the movie, right. but here we are, you know, so. We'll have um, to yeah. uh, talk about, um, since you just finished reading the second one, if you're going to watch the second one soon, we'll have to uh, kind of talk about the differences between the two. Because for me, when I, when I get to the second movie is where some of the character stuff just like goes in directions that I don't like. So it'll be interesting really to interesting. see what you think of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, my only, um, it's the weirdest thing when I'm watching, because I had this thought when I watched The Fellowship of the Ring with you a little bit. And I had it again last night. It's a three-hour movie. It's a three, I don't know. And, and, yeah, four, hour, four hours with the extended. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Which is crazy. Anyway. And it's a long book. But like, not a ton happens. Like in my opinion, like it doesn't seem like a bunch 
happens. It's very slow paced, lots of character development, which is totally cool. I'm totally cool with it, but like, it seems to me the entire story could have been told in like an hour and a half, you know, movie, but yeah. apparently not. You know, I don't know. But maybe that's because I'd be a really bad screenwriter. You gotta um, watch the old cartoons, then you'll then you'll get there. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that, what what's is there some? There's, there's like a, a there's a, a few different there's a few different versions. I'll show you after. There's a clip of one of the old ones. I think it, it was in the seventies, and the characters just like move so awkwardly, and it's really weird. Um, but it's great. <laughs> yeah, interesting. All right. Well, All right, I think, think that that's going to be a wrap for this episode. So thank you guys for watching, and we really appreciate it. Tell your friends. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Um, Al just looking too good with them glasses. <laughs> you, yes. You, you got to be careful. They keep getting bigger and bigger. We'll see what I end up with <laughs> this, this year. <laughs> always, always fun, Steve. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, man. All right. Y'all yeah. take care.